You know, today's one of those days I woke up this morning, I wanted to scream. I wanted to open my window and scream. And then I thought, oh, but what if they send the cops? So I didn't. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you guys wake up like that, where you just want to open the window and just, you know, rip your clothes off, stomp around naked, just something, you know? And, and then I thought, well, yeah. And then the sirens will come and I'll be late for the show. So I didn't do it, but I wanted to. I wanted to. I've always wanted to do a podcast with different women who have different points of view. Or just like a show where I force people to talk about the view with me. Is the world flat? Yes. I'll call it Deja the View. I, I never thought about it, Whoopi. Hello, hello, hello. Hi. Ta-da. <laughs> Hello, my good friend, Kevin. Hello, my good friend, Marie. How are you? I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. How are you? I'm also fine. Thank you for asking. Oh. Sounds like everything is just fine around here. <laughs> you know what? I have nothing to banter about. <laughs> I have nothing to drizzle on about my lifestyle about. <laughs> Me neither. I'm fine. I was fine last time we talked. Um, that was like three weeks ago. I'm yeah. still fine. We're recording this um, midweek, which is unusual for us, Mm -hmm. um, on a Tuesday. I don't think we've ever recorded on a Tuesday, so this is a historic episode. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Um, And it's only because we were supposed to record over the weekend, but I was feeling, uh, as they say, like shit. Um. (laughs) I I don't know if I was like getting a cold or my, if I was trying to fight off a cold, but I just felt terrible um, yesterday and the day before. And so I just, we had to push it to Tuesday. She had a case of the tireds. <laughs> um, well, since we last spoke to everyone, The View has changed their look up. Oh, no yes. more fireplace mantles. No, Everyone now no. has their own background uh, to look like they are sitting in the real studio of The View. And I have to say, it looks really nice. It does look really nice. And I'm really impressed by how good Whoopi's looks. Hers, to me, really looks like she's truly in the studio. And I can see this... Um, <laughs> Coming back later in the year when they're able to actually record from the studio. I can see Whoopi just <laughs> pretending to be in the studio and using that background because hers is very, very convincing. Um, yeah. At first I thought it was a green screen, but it can't be because Baby Yoda is sitting there the whole yeah. time. Thank God. I thought it was a green screen too, but then I like... You know, when you, like, put the fake, like, Zoom background on to be, like, fun and quirky, but, like, it 
kind of doesn't perfectly follow the cutout of your body, but like their backgrounds perfectly, like it never, it never cuts out. So I think that it's like literally a TV screen behind them. I love that. Yeah. I'm just happy that they let Anna take the reins and do the production design because things are looking (laughs) a lot better since um, Miss Navarro took over. Um, The one thing that I'm sad about is like, I don't know if, they made Sunny give up her queen chair, her like gold throne that she was using at first, because now she's using like a white chair that looks similar to the studio chairs they have. Whereas before, when it was her real living room background, she was like sitting in that gold and white throne, and Where now she it's belongs. yeah, exactly. <laughs> now it's gone. Um. Well, let me give you some view updates. Rosie has been very busy appearing places. (laughs) (laughs) Virtually. From Uh, her craft den. Yes. Where everyone thinks that there is a mess on the floor, but really it's (laughs) there. Um, But one of the places she was at was Watch What Happens Live. It's funny, the things that she talked about, like... We learned that on her on the Rosie O'Donnell show, whenever they had a mystery guest, it she actually was in on it the whole time. <laughs> and she talked about how one time the mystery guest was Bill Cosby, and he, or I could have that wrong, but she also talked about how Bill Cosby harassed a member of her staff once. Oh my god. Which I think is kind of um, interesting, because it... If you remember how, like, when the Bill Cosby stuff was going down years later in, like, 2014, and Rosie was so convinced it was true and no one else on The View wanted to talk about it. It's, like, you know, just another, like, layer to that to add. Yeah. Had you ever heard any of these rumblings at the time? Okay, well, I'm going to tell you this story about what happened to a staff member on our show. Very tall, like, six-foot-tall, larger woman, very great producer, she was assigned to do his mystery guest. He was there as the mystery guest. Now, newsflash, I knew who the mystery guest was every time. I just was acting along with it. Right? Now, was that your choice to know who they were? Yes. Why? Yeah. Because I am not good at surprises, and I didn't. I just felt like I could act it better than um, than do it for real. That's so I knew who it was every time. I knew who it was, and um, I'm blowing all my secrets now of my show success. But uh, so in the room, the green room, the producer goes in and she's talking and saying to Bill Cosby, you know, she's not going to know that it's you. And he said, all she has to do is put her hand right here. And he put his hand near his penis and she'll know it's me. She started to cry and got up and left. Then our producer, who was an African-American man, the executive producer, he went in and had a big discussion with Bill Cosby about what's appropriate and what's not. And then they didn't tell me about it until after the show. So I was not very, uh, you know, I was one of those people who was not surprised by all of his, um, the charges against him. But on The View, they would not discuss it. Every time I tried to bring it up, it became a little fight. Um, okay. If, question, if Rosie was in on the mystery guest, what was the point of the mystery guest? Well, 
It was just for us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's all I wanted to know. Something for us. <laughs> Something for the girls. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that she talked about, for some reason, I don't even remember why this came up. She talked about Leaf Garrett, who is like a teen idol that I don't even know. But through research, he is a teen mm-hmm. idol. Um, and she, and as an adult, he apparently like got into drugs and whatever. And she talked about how when he um, was on her show, he was doing crack in the green room and burnt his face with the crack pipe. Oh, my God. When you were hosting the Rosie O'Donnell show, how many celebrities were on your do not ask back list? Oh, I'd say about five. Five. Not that many. Five. Those pretty big ones. That's pretty good. What What would it take to get someone on that list? Sometimes it was just uh, excessive drug use that was evident. Evident. Like Got I, it. you know, cocaine on the side of them, and they weren't able to focus. And one guy, Leaf Garrett, came with a, a fresh wound from a from a, a pipe that you use for crack. You know. Like he sort of nodded out. And so when I went in and met him in the green room, he had a normal face and he came out a few minutes later and he had a huge red welt of burn from being in the green room those 20 minutes that I didn't see him. And I, you know, people who are that, that uh, messed up shouldn't be on TV. Which is really funny because <laughs> Leaf Garrett like pops out of obscurity after hearing this and says that that never happened. <laughs> and so he like gave this interview um to to fab and he said uh he would never do anything like that he said that's not even how it came close i don't know if she has got alzheimer's or doesn't remember what happened but it's on youtube you can watch me in the clip she said i had a little burn on my face from using crack which is not true first of all i would never do anything like that What I had was on my hand. I had a scarf tied onto my hand because I had an abscess wound from using dope. (laughs) Oh, my God. Also, like, when you started telling this story, I I went and Googled Leaf Garrett. And one of the first news articles that comes up is from January of this year. And it's foxnews.com. And the headline is, Former teen idol Leaf Garrett explains descent into hard drugs. So, like, why are we, why is he so upset about her saying that he had a burn on his face from doing crack and he is so mad and wants to clarify that it was actually a wound on his hand from doing crack? <laughs> yeah. It was not crack. It was not a crack burn on my face. It was a hand wound from dope. <laughs> Let the record show. Yeah. Okay. Rosie also um, did an interview with the Daily Beast. She's promoting her show. It's called I Know This Much Is True. It's oh, the right. it's Mark Ruffalo show yeah, on HBO. Where he's, there's two of him. Yeah. I actually watched the um, first two episodes and it's really good. It's like the type of show that I like watching, but it might not be for everyone. It's very depressing. <laughs> Great. 
can't wait. Yeah, Rosie's, you know, great in it. I love seeing Rosie act, like, in a serious role. She's an incredible actress, and she doesn't... She deserves way more credit than she gets. Anyways, she did an interview with the Daily Beast, and so she talked about Trump, she talked about her new show, she talked about Smilf ending and how tragic that was, Um, and then, of course, she was asked about The View, and I want to read some of this interview because I just thought her answer to the question was funny. Um, it says, I really see you as the person responsible for giving the view its political bent. And she says, I appreciate that. Thanks. I think that too. Not, o- not only airing out Trump, but voicing your opposition to the Iraq war. All these things that were not being done on daytime TV. And then Rosie says, and Bill Cosby, which they didn't let us talk about. I was overtly told we are not discussing it, Rosie. The interviewer says, who told you that? She says, one of the hosts. One of the hosts told me that. Okay. I mean, <laughs> okay, we know who. Um, and then they ask, do you watch The View today? She says, I don't watch it anymore because it upsets me. And because I think that it's been dumbed down a lot. Everyone seems to think they have their two-minute soundbite, and they want to get everything in, but in the old days, The View had much more of a real conversation happening live, and it doesn't feel like that's happening anymore. Well, I mean, if you (laughs) are only watching the shows since they've been at home, yes, that is actually true. (laughs) Yeah, I'm assuming she's not talking about since they stayed home, but... I don't know. I wouldn't say that's completely... Like, I don't think the show is dumbed down at all. But I do think it's become more difficult for them to have a conversation. And that's because of how explosive it gets when they... Yeah. It's like, I almost feel like what she said is like a... Like an oxymoron. Like, because for me, it actually hasn't been dumbed down it's been the opposite where now it's like it's so political and but i do agree that it's less conversational yeah the pendulum so I don't has really swung get... too far in the other direction yeah so i don't really know i don't think i understand what she means by like it's dumbed down because when i think of dumbed down i think of like segments where like star jones is like running with a football and like getting hit with the football <laughs> Which, like, we desperately need content like that on The View right now. Yes. Which I would welcome with open arms. So I don't really get what she's saying with that, but I do get the fact that it's true. It is less conversational. It feels less like everyone is, like, there to listen to each other's point of view and more that they're all there to prove their point of view. Yeah, that's what it is. No one's interested in listening. Um. They just want to get their point out. Yeah. And the loudest. Mm-hmm. Before you keep going on that, I just want to say that I Googled Rosie O'Donnell quickly. And one of the top news stories just says, Rosie O'Donnell is binging on Pop-Tarts and stressing about leaving the house. Yeah, I did. Uh, I've seen that a couple places. I saw <laughs> I think she talked about that in her Howard Stern interview. And then like, it's slowly been picked up and re-quoted uh-huh. places for some reason. That of all things. <laughs> um, well, it's also been a really good couple of weeks for Whoopi content. Mm-hmm. Um, not only is her TikTok on fire, um, <laughs> producing uh, little videos like, look at the weird stuff in my house. 
um, which I would love to see on The View, but no, we can't have nice things. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so not only is her TikTok on fire, but she's appeared on Drag Race and Howard Stern. Um, what did you think of her on Drag Race? Oh, God, what a delight. Um, there's been like a couple of guest judges this season that I've been really, really impressed and pleasantly surprised by by how much it seems like they genuinely care about the contestants and about being like a like giving helpful uh, criticism and not just there to like promote whatever they have going on. Like Nicki Minaj is like an example of someone who I thought did really well. And then Whoopi. Um, I love how much she seemed to actually like respect them as performers and was just like so nice and helpful. Yeah, well, I mean, and and also like the entire episode was themed around Whoopi's life, which is incredible. Like they made yeah. the challenge was a one woman show, um, and then they the runway was purple, like the yeah. color purple, um, and so Whoopi had to like mentor them on putting together a one woman show, like stand up or whatever they wanted mm-hmm. to do. Um, and so obviously she had really good feedback to give them, and all the mm-hmm. contestants were like blown away by her wisdom and like they all said that she was their favorite which I love I mean I'm so glad we finally got to see her there even if somebody is really really funny or really really great actor or really really great performer doesn't preclude you from being as good yeah and that's what you always have to carry with you it's not that they're better they're as good you are as good put yourself here and not here. Never start yourself down here. Everybody else will do that for you. They'll try to put you down here. Always walk up this way, in the light, with your head up, and fuck you on your lips. Yes, it was so fun. I was just like, fuck, why did it take so long? <laughs> like, can, can we have her back soon again? Like, it was... I really, really loved it. Um, And I just, I'm also, I also just think it's a little bit funny that Jan went home before the Color Purple um, runway. Not because she's a big fan of the movie, The Color Purple, but because she's obsessed with the color purple. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) And I also thought it was kind of funny because you could see who got the prompt the color purple and immediately thought like that it would some way be tied to the movie and who completely missed that and was like oh it's just about the color purple you know (laughs) wait who missed it i mean who who which ones i wouldn't say that crystal made any connection between the color purple and like the movie or the you know the book or anything i would say that she just thought "Mm, the color purple yes but it was like one of my favorite looks and also jada was kind of jada's like entire getup almost looked like Whoopi in star trek which i don't know if that was on purpose or not yes that I mean, if it was on purpose, it was, like, genius. And if it wasn't, it was, like, a, just a complete incredible coincidence. Yeah. Um, 
also the cast of Canada's Drag Race is finally out and the premiere is set for July 2nd. What did you think? I'm very excited. If you know me, you know that I have French Canadian roots. Um, There's a special place in my heart for people who uh, have Quebecois accents and use like, and you, and speak in like, um, like Franglish type, you know? Um, And so I'm very excited for the French Canadian Queens. Obviously I'm excited for the Toronto Queens who I'm already familiar with, but I'm very, very excited to experience the Quebecois Queens who I'm, who I really do not know that well. Yeah, that's true. Like the Quebecois culture and accent is very like uniquely Quebec and Canadian. Mm -hmm. And it's, Mm -hmm. I'm, it's not something that like people outside of Canada necessarily recognize or know. Um, And it is a very hilarious accent. Um, I've mentioned before, like I worked on the show, I worked on making the challenges and I got to do a lot of writing on the show with Spencer, who he has been on the podcast. Yeah. The game master. Yeah. And it was like literally the best experience of my whole life never have I cared so much about about a show like working on a show and felt like it was totally in my wheelhouse and I've never had this feeling like where like all of my creativity you know was encouraged and I cannot wait well I'm very excited and I'm excited for all of the like Canadian Toronto centric puns that I'm sure we will hear, such mm. as Toronto, she better don't. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm very, very excited. And it comes out the day after Canada Day, which is cute. Yeah, touching almost. <laughs> um, so back to Whoopi. Um, she also was on Howard Stern. He's really, um, Getting all the view co-hosts lately. Yeah. <laughs> I'll um, reserve my opinion about that. Well, I I sent you um, some of my top moments from there. Hmm. They talked about a lot of things. It was, like, a great interview um, in that I learned that Whoopi has, like, some sort of boyfriend uh, or, you know, on the spectrum of boyfriends, some sort of <laughs> friend, lover, yeah. whatever. Um, I imagine it's like Fran Drescher's um, deal that she's got going on. Oh, oh, friend with benefits? Yeah, where the guy comes over and they watch tennis. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he poked and prodded her a lot about the view. Um like, he asked her why she chooses to stay on, and she talked uh-huh. about, like, the view versus her acting career and, like, how things have played out. And he also asked her why she didn't participate in Ladies Who Punch. And even though she didn't, she, like, Whoopi's always going to be tight-lipped about anything view-related, but I, she did kind of elaborate a little bit more on why she didn't do the book. Well, you know... I- <laughs> I don't want to be worried about everybody that I'm standing around. 
and I don't want them right. to be worried about me. So I didn't feel for myself that it it went with who I am as a person because then you could never trust me. And why I didn't do you think like that. why do you think so many people who were involved with the view agreed to sit down and talk about what goes on behind the scenes? It's it's odd to me that someone would participate in that. Were you I, shocked that so many people participated? Well, here's the truth. I <laughs> once I said no, I kept on trucking. And he also like poked and prodded her about what happened with Rosie. And Whoopi will not acknowledge the breakdown of a relationship <laughs> that happened between her and Rosie, which I think is fascinating. And she did say her greatest sadness. I, I felt at least in my interpretation of what she was saying is that you two don't get along as a result of the view that, you know, that your relationship fell apart. I, uh, she's I, sad about you know, it. I, think. I, I don't I don't see that, but. Okay. <laughs> you really don't. You really. In other words, it's all on her. It's in other words, she is the one with the problem. You don't have a problem with her. I don't have a problem with anybody. Listen, really, there will always be folks that like or don't like or want to be or don't want to be. I can't really. I can't really help them with that. I can just be me. I like Rosie. I've always liked Rosie. I don't have any problem with Rosie. Right. Yeah. It's definitely interesting to hear two sides of the story, especially since Rosie was on Howard Stern's show last month talking about the same thing. Yeah. But, I mean, we know that it didn't work. Like when Howard is saying like it was two Titans, it didn't work. Um, and Whoopi won't even acknowledge that. She's just like, no, I showed up. I did my job. If I was to look at a TV show and be the producer, I would say, look, either I have someone strong like Whoopi in the lead or I have Rosie in the lead. You know, mm -hmm. it, it, it's almost like it's two powerhouses coming right. together who probably should just have their own show. To put them on the same show is probably a recipe for disaster. Would you agree with that? No. Come on. Listen, I, we were put on a show. I did what I was supposed to do. I did my job. I can't, I don't know what anybody said to her or you know, I can only tell you what was said to me. And basically it was go do your job. It's like, okay. Right. <laughs> I'm going to do my and job. And it's true. Yes. You know what? I got to tell you, you seem very zen for someone who stopped smoking pot. Think about how Rosie said she recently ran into Whoopi. Yeah. And Whoopi was like, do you want to sit together? And yeah. Rosie was the one who said no. So it's almost yeah. like maybe it didn't work out, but Whoopi is willing to pretend it didn't happen. I, I was going to say, like, um, the thing about the how they ran into each other, I think, kind of proves what I was thinking, which is, like, I think that, I mean, you rarely hear Whoopi talk badly or gossip about someone in general in the entertainment industry. Yeah. Definitely less than anybody else on the show, I would say. Um, so I think that she also... We know how much she respects performers and like fellow performers. So I think that there's like a level of respect that she probably feels towards Rosie, even though they had their differences and it wasn't a good fit on the show. 
maybe she feels like as if that's behind them and she doesn't want to acknowledge that and that's why she was like oh would it really be that bad if we had to sit together so maybe in her mind it really isn't as bad as it was and she's like moved on from that whereas like Rosie and other people are still like she's not able to move on because to her it was so horrible I don't know it's interesting like even when you look back at that not the last time that Elizabeth was on but the time before where they talked about Rosie and Whoopi kind of said under her breath like she's not well about Rosie yeah so it's like I think there is more coming out of Whoopi's mouth behind the scenes about it but she's never gonna talk about it no she's and, not gonna drag someone on another show about it yeah and that stubbornness that she's being with howard where she's like i'm not even gonna acknowledge like what's right in front of my face yeah that is also that's kind of what rosie and Whoopi's relationship was like on the view like talking about bill cosby like just yeah. the stubbornness and like they just operate differently. Yeah, it's like, I would say they're both, they both think of themselves as being no, no, no nonsense, no bullshit, but they take very, very different approaches to that, where yeah. Rosie's no nonsense, no bullshit is like, I'm going to tell you exactly how I feel and I'm going to tell you exactly how I see it and I'm not going to censor myself. And Whoopi's idea of like no bullshit is like, I'm not going to gossip about stuff where it's not my place to talk about it. That's a really good observation and description of them, I would say. Thank you. <laughs> the, the thing that um, I really thought was funny in the Howard Stern interview is when he was um, starting to talk about The View, and he was kind of like, he wasn't outright talking down about The View, but he was in the sense that he kept saying, like, you're such an incredible actress. You're such an incredible performer. You're such a, like, highly respected actress. And he kept just, like, repeating the same things over and over again. Uh, being, like, why people don't understand why you would want to do this show. But while he was saying, like, you're such a great actress, blah, 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 blah Whoopi just kept going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep. Yeah, and it reminded me of a few when they're like, you are Beyonce, and she's like, mm-hmm, thank you. <laughs> Can you believe how long you've been with The View? You're now almost in the territory of being on The View longer than Barbara Walters was on The View. <laughs> you know, because I think you're such a fabulous actress, I figured you would have said, is this really what I want to be doing, sitting here with these yentas day in and day out? <laughs> I'm an, a talented powerhouse actress. You are. Yes. There's no question. You can yes. get the job done. Ghost, masterful. Yes. Uh, uh, color purple, masterful. Yes. Your stage stuff that you did when you first yes. came on the scene, masterful. You're yes. a master at this art. And when you're a master, you should be doing what you do so well. You have to have people asking you to master things. Yeah. And, and, and also, like, it's not like the view is like degrading to Whoopi. Like no, it's not to Whoopi, but it kind of bugged me that the way that he was talking about it was like, okay, well, clearly you think mm -hmm. it's beneath her. Typical man. 
It's like, oh, so the view is beneath her, but America's Got Talent isn't beneath you. Okay, got it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, we also need to talk about uh, this news that came out on Variety um, about Ladies Who Punch, which it's always a little funny when news about Ladies Who Punch breaks (laughs) on Variety. Yeah, oh my god, how did they get the scoop? Wait, (laughs) was it an exclusive? (laughs) But yeah, apparently Ladies Who Punch, the book, is being optioned to be a TV show. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to read this article for the first time. It says, Barbara Walters is making a return to TV, but this time an actress will be playing her. Ladies Who Punched, the explosive inside story of The View, the New York Times best-selling book about the behind-the-scenes drama at the daytime talk show, has sold its screen rights. The project will be adapted into a TV miniseries. Well, I love a miniseries. I love a limited series anything. Um, yeah. It doesn't really get. It doesn't really say anything beyond that. They just kind of keep rephrasing the same thing in different ways. It does say this kind of in a funny way. It says the TV series will cast A-list actresses to play yeah. Walters and her co-hosts. <laughs> One of the themes okay. of Ladies Who Punch is what it means to have a voice at the table as a woman in the entertainment industry. Walters retired from the program in 2014, but even now in its 23rd season, the view is having a rating surge. Yeah. You'd, I mean, yeah. never say never, because, like, look at um, Bombshell. I never thought yeah. that was going to happen. Even when I read that article, I was like, that's a joke. It's not real. Yeah. What I'm interested to see is, like, who, like, what network would pick this up? And because there's a very big difference between, like, a HBO limited series and a Lifetime limited series. Which, so, yeah, um, and and as you say that, like, this has essentially already been done. Um, Star yeah. Jones made it happen. It was called Daytime Divas, and it was a fictionalized version of The View. And it was on Lifetime. Vanessa Williams played the Barbara w- Walters figure, and it was pretty bad. So <laughs> Yeah, so, like, there's a difference between... Uh, Julianne Moore playing you on an HBO limited series and like Lacey Shabbert playing you (laughs) on a lifetime limited series. So I don't know. Like I, it remains to be seen where this will go, but I am interested. Yeah. My question to the listeners, the viewers, um, to our readers is who. Would you like, what A-list actresses would you like to see play the ladies of The View? If I would love to hear other people's opinions, like whether it's via our DMs or voice memo or whatever, mm-hmm. I would love to hear. Mm-hmm. Do you have anybody specific in mind for any of the ladies mentioned in the book? Just like I could see Michelle Wolf or Natasha Leone playing Joy Behar. Wow. <laughs> um, I don't know if I could get behind that. I feel like they're too young. Well, this is a young Joy Behar. 
and ladies who punch. Okay. Jennifer I... Aniston as Meredith Vieira. Oh, now we're talking. <laughs> now we're cooking with gas. Which, like, she basically already is playing, like, in the morning show. Like, yes. it's basically about <laughs> Meredith Vieira's co-host, Matt Lauer. So. Yeah. So we know she has the, the, the range. range to go there. Yeah. I mean, I would love to see uh, Christina Ricci um flex her acting muscles as Rosie O'Donnell. Uh she's played the young Rosie before in Now and Then. So why not again? Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really think that she could go there. I would love to see that. I'd love to see it that. Would be really something. Yeah, I mean, who would play Barbara? Like, I know Sherry O'Terry has done it, but like, yeah. let's do, let's try something new. That's tough. I could see like, I could almost see like, like a Melissa McCarthy or like someone who's like a really strong character actress. I could really see someone like that making a lot out of the Barbara character and like not making it cartoonish. Oh my God, Kristen Wiig as Elizabeth Hasselbeck. Yeah. Correct. Uh, yeah. Well, Constance Wu as Lisa Ling. Anyways. Oh <laughs> Rosario Dawson as Sunny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A garbage dump as Rachel Campos Stuffy. <laughs> We've done it. Great. Um, well, I have a bit of Nicole Wallace news. Let's hear it. Well, she made the president's hit list after she said on her MSNBC show that Republicans were smearing Joe Biden regarding the Tara Reid allegations. Let me just say this, too, having once been a part of the Republican Party. The right isn't running an intellectually honest operation to get to the bottom of whether Tara Reid was victimized. The right is running a smear campaign against Joe Biden. The right wants to create some sort of equal playing field on which Donald Trump's more than two dozen or nearly two dozen accusers sort of have some company on the other side. The right is not running the same operation that the Democrats are running, which is to try to, as you just articulated, Andrea, have some consistency around statements that I think just about every elected Democrat has made about women in in the context of the Me Too movement. So as I said with Kayleigh McEnany, everyone should proceed with caution. I don't think that she's necessarily saying Joe Biden's a great guy and this is all BS, but she's more so just being like the Republicans aren't, they're just like, it's a smear campaign. They're not even... um, they're not even, like, giving Tara Reid... Well, I think she means, like, Republicans don't care about the Donald Trump allegations, so how can yeah. they be so upset about the Joe Biden ones, maybe? Yeah. Um, and they're not even, like, they're not even trying to give voice to Tara Reid. They're merely just, like, running with it to try to make him look bad. Well, so after that happened, Trump fired back by retweeting someone mark r levin who i don't know but i think he has a show um and he wrote one of ms lsd's 
stable of dimwits, Nicole Wallace, humiliating herself again. And then Trump quote tweeted that with the video and said, she was thrown off the view like a dog. Zero TV personas. Now Wallace is a third-rate lapdog for fake news. MSDNC Concast doesn't have what it takes. Yeah. Which, it's sad that that's, like, it's barely coherent. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say she was thrown out like a dog. <laughs> and that she has zero TV personas? <laughs> like, how many do you need? Like... I don't get it. Yeah. That's those are the only terms that he can think in are yeah. TV. I just like I can't believe that he's president and still attacking people who were former view co-hosts on Twitter. I think I was naive of me, but when he was running, I was like, okay, well when he wins or when he's in office, at least then he'll stop being so like weird and deranged on Twitter because somebody will make him stop. That didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's only I gotten just... worse. I never thought I would see him attacking more former View co-hosts on Twitter. Moving on. The since the View has been not itself lately, we had a very welcome spicy moment come along Mm -hmm. recently when Chris Christie appeared on The View and it was kind of fresh off of him making some comments that drew some controversy. He sent our young men during World War II over to Europe, out to the Pacific, knowing, knowing that many uh, of them would not come home alive. And we decided to make that sacrifice because what we were standing up for was the American way of life. Of course, everybody wants to save every life they can. But the question is, towards what end ultimately? Are there ways that we can thread the middle here to allow there, that there are going to be deaths? And they're going to be deaths no matter what. Okay, well, I mean... Well, he, basically, <laughs> he basically said what Vanessa Hudgens said. Yes. Which is like, people are going to die. Um... Yeah, till July sounds like a bunch of bullshit. I'm sorry. But, like, it's a virus. I get it. Like, I respect it. But at the same time, like, even if everybody gets it, like, yeah, people are gonna die. Which is terrible. But, like, inevitable? I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this right now. You said that's perfect. That's a perfect way to put it. He he did say what Vanessa Hudgens said. The thing that he also said was like he compared it to the quote unquote sacrifice of that people used to make going to war. Oh yeah, yes. Um, so when he was on the View, um, Whoopi and Joy were pissed immediately. Whoopi says to him, so since, you know, people are going to die and you think it's we're going to have to sacrifice like it's war, then like who from your family are you going to offer up to die? Uh, mm-hmm. And she <laughs> was being so firm and tough with him. But every time he tried to respond, she <laughs> would speak again. And because they're doing this over the internet or whatever they're doing, it, they just kept cutting each other off. And it was like, 
truly like this is what a spicy moment looks like in 2020. <laughs> you upset a lot of people last week for saying that the country needs to reopen because people are going to die no matter what. I mean, you compared it to lives lost during World War II, calling it a sacrifice for the American way of life. Um, so I'm asking, since you're suggesting that I sacrifice, who are you sacrificing? Who are you willing to give up in your family? False choice, Whoopi, and, and that's, that's what people who don't understand what's going on here say. You know, we've got 36 and a half million people unemployed. We have in seven different yeah. states now, the suicide rate going up. Who are you willing to sacrifice to die, Chris? You're saying people should be willing to sacrifice family <laughs> to die. Who are you willing to give up? Whoopi, that's not what I said. Uh-oh, so I've why lost don't you-, you. There you are. Okay. Read what I I'm said. Listening. What I said- I was. Lives are going to be lost inevitably in this, no matter what we do. Lives are being lost today after we've been shut in for nine weeks. People are still dying every day so from you- these fires. But what people right. are also dying- you didn't, So you- you didn't say some Americans have to make the ultimate sacrifice. You did not say that. What I no, listen. I said that some Americans will make that sacrifice, no matter what we do. He was reporting from um, not quite the level of like tech setup that they have, that the View co-hosts have. So his connection kept getting cut off whenever one of them would start interrupting him. So. It was just like him starting a sentence and then Whoopi being like, well, who are you going to sacrifice? Yeah. And it just didn't, it couldn't, it couldn't go anywhere. (laughs) Yeah. And like, I do, uh, I mean, I'm not even going to get into like who's right and who's wrong because like, I find like all scenarios are bad. So it's like, I can't. It's really easy to be like, people are just going to have to sacrifice themselves and 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 we're just going to have to live with that. It's really easy to say that when like you are sitting in security of knowing that it'll never be you. And yeah, I think exactly. that that can apply to like that applies to him, it applies to a number of these people who are on TV talking about it every day just across the board. It's really easy to tell people how they're supposed to feel and how they're supposed to get along with their lives when you know it won't affect you. Yeah, all scenarios are bad. That's all mm-hmm. I'll say. Um, so then Joy gets at him <laughs> about how Republicans are not um, putting their votes on the bills that will help people. That's my understanding. They always seem to have money to give uh, tax breaks to rich people in this country or money to, to, to you know, bolster the military. But when it comes to actually helping people, the Republicans don't, all of a sudden, we don't have any money. We don't have any money. But that's just me. Let me ask you this question, because uh, uh, President uh, said we have met the moment and we have prevailed. It was like mission accomplishments. So uh, do you agree with that? First, let me talk about your first point, which is that Republicans voted overwhelmingly for all of the aid for small business people across this country twice. Republicans voted overwhelmingly for the $1,200 checks that have gone to every one of the taxpayers out there who qualified under the program, the folks who in our lower middle class, middle class who needed that aid. Republicans have voted for aid to hospitals and frontline healthcare workers. So it's unfair, Joy, to say that Republicans don't support any of this stuff and they only have money for big business. That's a typical Democratic talking then point. What? But, the, but the facts, well, unfortunately. Then, well, then why like, is, 
Okay, then why is everybody crying that they have no money and they can't, they can't, they have no job and they have no money? Why is everybody upset running out into the streets and defying the rule? Why? Tell me. Because, because people want their lives back. Even the people who've received that money, the people who've received that aid, no, a job they want is their jobs back. They want their jobs back, not their lives. They're saying they want their jobs back. They want food. They want to pay their rent. They want to pay their mortgages. They don't have enough money for that. That's what they're crying about. And I don't see the Republican Party helping them. All they're doing is blaming everybody else. Uh, that's just wrong. I mean, it's just absolutely wrong. Your point of view, you're welcome to it, but you're not welcome to your own set of facts. But I think that Joy's uh, point, what she said, was basically how I would feel about it, e even though maybe uh, speaking to someone who, it's like, she's speaking to someone who's so argumentative and, and like, uh, but so is she. <laughs> I know, I know, but that's what I mean. It's like, it's, I don't know if it was the best way to talk about it knowing that he's like so like arrogant and obviously isn't going is gonna pretend like he doesn't know what you're talking about you know yeah well i mean all i'm gonna say is that it was it felt like the view <laughs> <laughs> yeah it did so i want to go into some hot topics Um, so the first thing I wanted to talk about, because Joy was a shining star in it, is this moment during a Trump press conference, I guess, in the Rose Garden. Um, he had this nasty exchange with a reporter named Weijia Chang. She asked him about his comments about how the U.S. is doing better than any country when it comes to testing. And she asked him, like, why does that even matter why is that relevant at all mm -hmm. if, like even if why it is, is true. it why does it have to be a competition yeah like why are, so she said like why are you positioning it as a global competition when americans are literally dying mm -hmm. um and his response was that people are losing their lives everywhere in the world and he said maybe you should ask china and being that she's an Asian reporter, she said, why are you asking that to me specifically that mm -hmm. I should ask China? And maybe that's a question you should ask China. Don't ask me, ask China that question, okay? When you ask them that question, you may get a very unusual answer. Yes, behind you, please. Sir, why are you saying that to me specifically? I'm telling you, I'm not saying it specifically to anybody. I'm saying it to anybody that would ask a nasty question That's like that. That's not a nasty question. Please question. go ahead. Um, which it's very on brand for Trump. Yeah, he like basically threw a temper tantrum and went off without answering anything else. And there's also this other clip that I saw when I looked her up um, from April where she was asking him about something else. And I think about how his lack of response to the virus or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he told her to calm down and keep her voice down. Yeah. So what a, just like a complete garbage person. <laughs> um, like, I just can't believe yeah. it. He like, he also like, he loves to say things that he knows he's being racist. He knows he's being horrible. He knows he's being offensive. But he'll do it in a way where then he can play dumb and act like that wasn't his intention. And, like, this 
This is a perfect example of that. Yeah. Well, Joy was pissed. He's, a, you know what, Whoopi? We all know now that he's a racist. He's a disgusting racist. We knew it when he attacked Mexicans. We knew it when he when he defended Charlottesville people. And we know it when he goes after China and he goes after a Chinese American girl. He is a racist. He throws red meat to his base on a regular basis. And anybody who still supports this guy needs to look in the mirror and ask themselves if they are racist also. That's all I have to say about him. I've had enough of him. And as as we like to say, Joy is all of us right now. <laughs> Joy's rant about Trump being racist is a whole mood. I'm glad that Joy has the energy to be so angry for us because we're mm-hmm. we really are all angry, but Yeah. <laughs> she literally is all of us right now. <laughs> yeah. Like thank God for her. And like, yeah, she really like did not um hold back and just like said it how you would say it if you were talking at a dinner party with your friends and you had had it officially period yeah she had put some bass in her voice and yeah (laughs) (laughs) she spoke for the back of the room yeah yeah so let's move on everything Mm -hmm. that i wanted to talk about basically happened on monday there were three weeks went by and nothing mattered until <laughs> to me <laughs> until like yesterday. Um, but the, they were talking about this author. I think her name was Peggy Nunez, maybe. And she w- wrote this article talking about how it, people have been protesting in the States, uh, the, the lockdowns um you know grab your rifle and get out there and yell at everyone about flattening the curve um Mm -hmm. so she wrote an article saying that the protests really are about class division more than anything else oh god it's so hard (laughs) yeah it's a really interesting piece she wrote over the weekend and it was basically talking about how um, there, this is turning into a full-blown culture war issue, and beyond the the you know uh, complexities of the virus and complexities of our health, it's turned into a uh, sort of working class versus elite class uh, issue that we are just seeing. I think even on this show, uh, spread everywhere. Sunny starts saying like that she doesn't care for this like culture war talk, and. Um, What's, what she's observing is this is about the haves and the have-nots. And then Megan comes back at her. And this gets a little spicy. Whoopi tries to get in on it. And now Megan is yelling over Whoopi. And Whoopi has to cut to commercial. The notion somehow that people want to sacrifice their lives, um, you know, rather than um, go back to work just just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And it doesn't make sense that the, that Republicans in the government are saying that there isn't enough money. Listen, you know, the rich keep on getting richer in this country. Eighty three percent of those tax cuts that, that Donald Trump and his administration were so keen on giving went to the top one percent in our country. How dare they say now that there is not enough money to give to the people that are struggling. That is ridiculous. 
ridiculous. It just doesn't make any sense. And we know that African Americans are disproportionately, disproportionately affected by this virus, dying at disproportionate numbers. So the suggestion somehow that this is a culture war, that this is a class war, doesn't really make a lot of sense to me because what this is really about is the haves not wanting the have-nots to survive this. And that is really, really serious. And I completely agree with Joy. I mean, we have the money. We just don't seem to have the money to save these people. That's what this is about. Well, what I, 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 that is just ridiculous. It's a, it's a Democrat wish said, list. Well, no, it's a on, Democrat I just wanna, wish I, just list. Let me, let me finish my point. Let but me finish my point. If, how let are me, we going to tax okay, people we'll be right back. if there's no economy? Okay, like, that's the first time. It was the olden days, yeah. Yeah, it's the first time in so long that Whoopi had to cut to commercial because Megan wouldn't stop talking. (laughs) Yeah, it was like, I think it's the first time since they've started doing at-home shows that that's happened. I don't understand why that upset Megan so much. I feel like at the end of the day, we all have the same goal. We all want to protect people. The reason Megan got mad is because Sunny said culture war is bullshit and that's Megan's <laughs> thing. Yeah, you're right. Like she just got mad because Sunny said, I don't think the culture war argument is valid. And Megan was like, hey, that's my term. <laughs> Fuck you. That's what I think. She's like, like not um, culture war is my sister. So actually now we have to fight. You're right. I think it's yeah. less deep. Yeah. I also want to talk about the Obama hot topic from this week where he he recorded a video to the graduating class of this year, I guess. And in it, he mm-hmm. threw shade, shall we say? More than anything, this pandemic has fully finally torn back the curtain on the idea that so many of the folks in charge know what they're doing. A lot of them aren't even pretending to be in charge. If the world's going to get better, it's going to be up to you. Doing what feels good, what's convenient, what's easy, that's how little kids think. Unfortunately, a lot of so-called grown-ups, including some with fancy titles and important jobs, still think that way, which is why things are so screwed up. And so basically the discussion turned into like, oh, like, remember when we had a real president? Like, that was so nice. Back in the day when we had a president that could string a sentence together, that was great. And we actually got a voice memo about this from our listener in Italy that I wanted to play. Just a quick note. Find yourself someone that describes you with as many adjectives. Sunny as for Obama. That was kind of cringe, but endearing. Because she literally was, like, talented, <laughs> show-stopping, never been done before. Yeah, I mean, it, it took me back to a time where we had someone that was uh, compassionate and empathetic and reassuring and uh, funny, um, intelligent, uh, honest, curious. Talented, brilliant, incredible, amazing, show-stopping, spectacular, never the same, totally unique, completely not ever been done before, unafraid to reference or not reference, put it in a blender, shit on it, vomit on it, eat it, give birth to it. (laughs) Shit on it, put it in a blender. (laughs) She's like, all of my 
kids and their friends were saying, oh, we wish we could vote for him again. And it just made me laugh. (laughs) Yeah, when she was like, when she was like, we projected it in the backyard and they all watched it like a drive-in. It was a very big event in the Sunny Hostin household. (laughs) Um, And like, I get it. I get being like, when you compare someone who seemed to um, care about the citizens of the country versus um, Trump, I get the, I get wanting to feel so nostalgic about it. I like the Megan was like, we can't do that. (laughs) That's what I was going to say. It was like a perfect moment of like, Everyone being like, oh, so great, so great. And you just knew that eventually <laughs> it was going to get to Megan. And Megan was going to be like, the other shoe was going to drop. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, it was like a perfect Megan like caricature where she's like, well, you know, what I'm going to say is not popular. So, <laughs> and her being like, well, I'm not even going to, I'm not, I'm not going to go into it. Like, I'm just not going to go into it proceeds to go there (laughs) yeah proceeds to go so deep into it i I don't have much to say about this obviously everyone on the left has basically appointed president obama as nothing short of a saint and obviously i feel different as most republicans and conservatives do i will say i the culture war that i believe is real and is raging in this country i believe was ushered in with his administration and then exacerbated in the trump administration and if the election were held today i do believe trump would be reelected. and i think at a certain point we have to start talking to each other in the middle and we have to start talking about the faults on both sides because he was not a perfect president and i don't think perfect presidents would have ushered in the era of trump <clears throat> okay she's said that there was fault on all sides which to me sounded like a bad john green novel or like a bad sequel to the fault in our stars (laughs) well it just it went from being like oh remember obama to megan being like well all right i'm not gonna go there to (laughs) i'm gonna go there there is a culture war and it's obama's fault that we're in this place that we're in today because he ushered in the culture war that is something she's been saying since she started on the show. Mm-hmm. I do not understand. And it I it not went away. It. We had like a nice six months where no one ever brought up the culture war. And now here it is. <laughs> the culture war that Obama started. And this culture war, I'm sure it's out there because people were kind of shocked, I guess, when it turned out that Obama was black. Because I can't see any other reason other than that to spark a culture war when he came in and took care of the business at hand that needed to be done. It's also like one of those topics where it's like, it's like, it almost feels like the view. It's like, it's like, it's there. If if they had all been sitting there, it would have, it would have been fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But it, it really did feel like view circa like last year. It didn't even feel like, new view where we've moved beyond that i don't know it left a bad taste in my mouth and i just wish i could have gone to sunny's backyard <laughs> had a sit half a sip of a wine cooler and watched obama's speech yeah would have loved that <laughs> still waiting to see the hens on the show yeah i mean that's a whole other thing but i don't know why 
now that they're filming at home, we still haven't seen the hens. Mm-hmm. Ugh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, that's it. That's all. That's all yeah. we got. <laughs> that, those are the crumbs that we got. <laughs> I, I don't know if there's any reason why things are there are more spicy moments and things are ramping up. I don't know if it's because people are more comfortable with the format now, and so they are getting a little looser with it, or if it's like they're getting more on edge because of being in quarantine for so long, or if it's like really coincidental. I don't know. Remains to be seen. A little of column A, a little column B, yeah. probably. <laughs> Things are starting to get more complex. Also, just I think like in terms of the issues that people are facing day to day, initially everyone kind of had the same goal. Now that things are getting a little more loosey-goosey, there's more conversation and more politicizing of everything. So it's allowing space for them to get more, um, to like have more conversations about the intricacies of everything. Yeah, you're right. That is is what's happening. (laughs) That's exactly what it is. Like at first it was like, we're all home and we're all watching Tiger King. Now it's like, oh, everyone's talking about rallies, about, about like... Joe Biden again about culture war, about grab your guns, grab your guns and get outside and yeah. gather around each other. <laughs> it's been lovely talking to you, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> now I must go back to my vocal rest of barely speaking for like 20 hours of the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least through all of this, Abby has been able to work from home for us. Oh my god, I was literally just going to say, like, (laughs) if I could think of one thing that would brighten up the view, it's not just Sunny's hens, it's not just Whoopi's TikToks, it would be, what if we just got a call from... Abby Huntsman one day. Oh gosh. Just to check in, hear about her life in Utah with her humongous family. How lovely would that be? And <laughs> you know, we're we're just so lucky that she's still DJing for us. Yeah. We're very lucky that she's been able to continue working from home for us. I hope everyone is staying safe and sane. If you want to get in touch with us. You can DM us at Deja the View Pod. Have a great day, everyone, and take a little time to enjoy Sunny's Gold Throne. Hit it, Abby. That's all, folks. See you later. John Huntsman, the real job creator. That's all I have to say about him. I've had enough of him. We're bringing Huntsman back. We're right behind the guy who's right.